This is the Stop Time Podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Hopkins, and I'm here to engage you in thought-provoking motivational conversations around practicing the art of living in the moment. I'm a certified life coach, and I'm excited to dig deep and offer insights into embracing who we are and where we are at. So my next guest calls himself a professional Renaissance man of the performing arts, a recording artist, dancer, actor with a passion to entertain, a dance fitness instructor and choreographer. He is an entrepreneur who launched his own dance business, Be Free with Be Free, catering to all lovers of music, joy, and health. Recently, he has the distinct honor of becoming the first choreographer to partner with Gucci and hopes to continue on his mission to lead with love and through his own journey, show that it is possible to truly be free. He is dedicated to making people's day a little brighter, and I could not be happier to have him here today to make our day a lot brighter and bask in his joyful presence. So it is with great pleasure that I introduce you all to Byron Freeman. Byron, welcome. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. Oh my gosh. It's such a pleasure. Thanks for taking the time to join me, really. Absolutely. The pleasure is truly mine. I'm a fan of the show and I'm a huge fan of the owner. (laughs) You're so cute. Oh my gosh. So uh, give us some context. Where are you calling in from today? Yes. All righty. So I am home. I am in New Jersey. I am not too far from New York City. I'm an East Coast boy, born and raised, been here for 25 years. And we actually just officially closed on our first property. So I expect to make a home out of this place really, really more so than we already have. And I'm excited about it. Wow. Congratulations. Thank you. And I love and find that really unique that you are still happily, clearly, in the place where you were born and raised. Talk to me about that. Absolutely. I think I recently just found out why that's the case for me, because for such a long time, I've had this dream matched with the goal to be this person who was dynamic and exuberant and performing everywhere around the globe. But I never really felt compelled to like leave my home. I always felt like, you know, the Wizard of Oz situation where home really is where the heart is, no matter how far you try to go away. And where it really stemmed from for me was not only the pandemic, but the family culture. Being at home for me is really family oriented, especially because I grew up around all of my family. We're all pretty much from here. Most of the core people date back in history to the East Coast, New York, New Jersey, and we've all pretty much stayed here. And having the pandemic really put those things in perspective about your close and loved ones in time and prioritizing that and being at home has always been comforting for me. And it has truly been because of the family and friends and familiarness that I've kept because any place I've gone and I haven't had that, I've always tried my best to find pieces 
of home for real home that made me feel like it, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. So I think that's why I feel so good about it. And I don't foresee me leaving. Like I'll go visit and live in other places, but I'm a Jersey boy. <laughs> I yeah. love that. I love that. It's it, take us through like, what's a typical rhythm of, of your home? Yeah. So we're pretty well oil machine in a sense where my mom is our matriarch. I have an older brother who's six years older than me and she raised us herself all my life. And she was so amazing at that. She's a professional caterer. So the home pace of my life is very, you know, social food and talking makes everybody come over And my house was always the gathering house. She was the one who adapted all of the cooking traits and all of the social, like putting the home together. Once she had me and my brother, she had all the kids, me and my cousins always came here. And that hasn't really changed since I've been an adult and even safely in a pandemic. Like we've definitely still kept the pace in every day. My mom works from home now because of the pandemic, but she still finds a way to make sure the family comes over at least sometime in the week so that we can have something where she can cook for everybody and make it fun. And we literally do that on a random occasion, sometimes for occasion. My brother's birthday is this weekend. He just came back from L.A. after five years of living out there. He's back home in Jersey. So I tell you, he's a Jersey boy, too. (laughs) But the funniest pace that shook everything up in 2016, my mom found out that she was seven and a half months pregnant. Wow. And that is not a joke. That is not a story. That is not a TLC plot. That is truly something that happened to my family and I, and it shook everything completely up for so many ways, but definitely the best one overall, because I have a beautiful young little sister who's now five. And to give more context, she found out on September 16th, 2016, my sister's birthday is October 20th, 2016. So we literally collectively had a month and four days of a quote unquote pregnancy to plan for and figure out. And I was already 20 years old, my brother 26, my mom had already been done. I'm about to graduate college. And then, oh boy, did the pace shook up. Been such a whirlwind. And honestly, I wouldn't trade it for the world. I remember being so like, I'm not the baby anymore after 20 years. Oh my God. But now I look at my little sister, we're five days apart. Her birthday is five days after mine. Oh my gosh. Years and five days apart. Exactly. Wow. That's amazing. What a gift. So it's been really uniting in a way to see my mom be a mom. It's Mm. given so much more respect. And I'm really getting to see what my mom was able to do for my brother and I, and it makes me more grateful than ever to want to work and do things and get up and make something happen for myself and the people I care about, you know? Yeah. That's a, that's a really, 
really wonderful insight, right? A real great takeaway. I mean, obviously, you know, the gift of a new energy in the house is a beautiful thing and all that. And then you also had the, you know, the, the sort of, you know, new vying for position. I'm not the young one anymore, but then, but then to take that further and say, you know, I have a new perspective on my mother who I already thought the world of, right. And now you see her in, in another role and you're learning from her. I mean, what a, what a gift. It's tremendous. You know, when I hear you talk about it, I, I can't imagine it any other way. What what comes up for me that that I'm really curious about? You know, I mean, I'm fortunate to have known you personally and in the studio, right, and professionally. So your sheer presence is is this energy with the power to make people feel relaxed and excited, mm. like all at the same time. Oh wow! Thank Which is pretty cool, right? Because there are a lot of people that can get get a room going and get them excited. But I have observed you for years. Um, I think it's a unique gift that you have to not only, you know, you can immediately put people at ease with your excitement. It's like you share your excitement. It's, it's, it's such a beautiful, beautiful thing. Have you always had the capacity to, I call it giving. I don't know what you call it. You know, I, I, talk to me a little bit about that. Does that resonate with you? Oh, thank you. Um, I... I would say yes, because I something now that I'm older, I really value and I put forth effort into watering for myself. Like I give it to myself and I give it to others, like, you know, because it does start inward and it, you know, has to come out. And so if it has to come out, I would at least make sure that it's going in right. And so I always try to give myself that energy. And it's something I've really always tried to talk about, about how we connect as people and treating people how we want to be treated and like figuring that that really might be the full last puzzle piece mm-hmm. to figuring out what we need to do to go on a upward spiral and treat people how we want to be treated. Because if we do that, you will feel the repercussions or the other energies, like whether positive, negative, and different, and understand what you might do and see how it might affect the other option. And I've always treated that with positivity for whatever reason. And secondly, with that, it came something that was just less chill, you know, like, yes, we can get out the toxic positivity because we understand that that's not all real and true so let's get it hyped up like you said people can get it excited but having the words now about safe and brave spaces to really define it for myself really makes me understand what those things mean and why i feel them in myself because safe space is to once like when you feel welcomed and when you feel you can be in a space and we learned when you talk about school it's not always a safe space that you want to speak or invite your thoughts in. That's when you invite the brave space. So that's when you get that excitement part to really wave your fist in the air and then have some action going. But then you need that relaxing safe space to really feel like you are welcomed. And that's something I always want to be in, especially as a gay black man in this world and in this time right now that we thought would be different years ago, but we're still working, you know, I'm not mad at that, but it's something I value because I want that. 
And I want other people to feel that too. And it's so possible. That's why I think that I resonate with it and can vouch and stand up for it now. Cause I'm now not like, Oh wait, are you sure that I'm that nice? It's like, no, like I want to be that because other people need to see that it's possible to feel that. And people don't want to hurt them out here and people don't want to, make them feel like they have to be guarded because every time I've been around somebody who might be have a little harder shell, I guarantee they have said something about, I don't know what it is, but you just, and I'm like, I truly want you to feel like I'm like a mirror or whatever situation you're going on. And it could be the best version of it because it really is possible to go the other way and it is possible to go this way and every day is a choice yeah when i was graduating college like my thesis and everything was about understanding versus acceptance Mm. and i had to start realizing like okay i have a background i have prior knowledge i have my experience it's not going to be the same as everybody and i'm not going to accept it And so understanding versus acceptance when I was writing my thesis and everything really boiled down to we don't accept things if we don't like, respect, view them in the way we do. But we can always try to understand. And if you do have that bare minimum, nine times out of 10, you realize that we all just want to feel good. We want a little love. We want somebody to just make us feel easy. Nine times out of 10, somebody doesn't want a hug because they just want to just feel chill. You know, they just want to just be in the space, know that they're safe and know that it's okay. Yeah. Amen. What is your definition of living in the moment? I feel like living in the moment is truly just having a burst of energy not taking the second arrow to shoot a thought about it and doing what is something genuine to you in the moment. I feel like nine times out of 10, the in the moment thought is the one that you know you might want to second guess. So it is something that you have to just do mm-hmm. because it's coming up from your roots. It's you, it's genuine, it's in the first seat and you got to sit in it and drive. And I think that's living in the moment. And I feel like I haven't done that in such a long time. Mm -hmm. And so much of my fun, like talk about making content and videos for Instagram and media, like so much of my fun, let's not even call it fun. I'll call it what it is. The viral content that has gone for me specifically has all been the things that have been lived in the moment. Mm. And I didn't take a second glance to make it perfect or edit it or try to make it all prim and proper. And then you wake up and you post it and have a good time with it. And then I'm like, oh my, like literally how that happened for me was just like living in the moment when I did the Beyonce choreography. And I will never forget how I wanted to make it prim and proper. And I recorded a version at Pace in the dance room, but I didn't have on the yellow hoodie. And it was early in the day. And I kind of wanted it to be night because I wanted it to look like Coachella. So I was like, let me not do it here, even though I kind of like liked what it looked like. 
I was like, I'm not going to maybe use this video if I don't do something later. Let's just see. Randomly decided to do it later at night, 11.30 p.m., threw on the yellow hoodie, super crunchy video because the lighting was so off and bad. I was in my bedroom and then I posted at midnight, which no one's up at Instagram, but I was like, I love the performance. I was just like, I don't care. Like I'm living in the moment. Like just post it. You love her. Just post it. And then (laughs) you wake up and then the video is like a million views. Like I just, it's just one of those things where since then and having those moments, that's one of other few times that I could really pinpoint about living in the moment. But the pandemic also and ain't nothing was more in the moment than so Miss COVID-19. So true. With so all true. Respect to everything that happened. Just it was so I don't think I experienced any. Mm. I did. Oh, God. I do not. You know how you said these things just stir up. But I did recently go through something that was very in the moment. And it was something I don't mind talking about, but it will take me time. It just was something that dealt with family and dealt with everything I talked about with time and it moves and waits for no one. And living in the moment comes from your gut and you know when you know. And after things recently, living in the moment is just being something that is genuinely you and not taking a second damn thought to second guess otherwise. Mm, love that. You know, I'm super interested about what I call the places where there are spaces, right? So if it were dance, I'm interested in, you know, not the preparation, not the landing, but the part in the air, the journey, let's say. But but I'm also interested in like the, the moment between the thought, you know, the, the when the stage manager says places, and the moment when you walk onto stage, you know, like like the, the the tiny tiny moments before you do something or before you know, I, I just love these these places where there are spaces. And I'm curious, I'm curious about when like when you go into a room or when you go into a situation or you know that moment for you personally, how much sort of calculation goes on in your head when you? I bet you walk into a room and you can really read a room, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And so, so then when you read that room, how in yourself do you truly stay before you start getting transactional about how you're going to help the room with your energy, how you're going to, how you're going to share, how you're going to move? It's funny you ask because I have found that as people, we are onions and we are layered Yeah. with that. I truly just have authentic layers that I find myself going to. And I value those so much because they are different in different settings and different spaces, but they all are definitely genuine to me. And I don't even think I try to do it. I've been just fortunate to not feel threatened by society 
or people, though the system is what it is. I genuinely love people. Like I love human beings. I love life. Like I'm one of those people who really does see the roses and all of that glitz and glam and the good in people. So with that, I feel like no matter what, I tend to always take the seconds to base level respect first, mm. figure out the people's boundaries, even without like, you know, they're not always initialized with verbiage. I always find myself giving those thoughts about respect first, no matter what it is, even if I know you, even if I don't know you. So that is something that I feel is I'm the most conscious or maybe the only thing conscious about, because with respect, I feel like you do truly have not everything, but you do have a good foundation. Mm. And no matter if I feel like the room is about to welcome me with open arms, they've known me, been waiting for me. They don't know who I am. I've definitely seen based on me wanting to just give a base level of respect, because that's why I say it doesn't got to be toxic positivity. Everybody won't get me walking in like, hey, y'all, like that would be weird, you know, if I've never met them. But at least a casual, even if it's just in my demeanor not walking up like I own the place, not walking up like I'm entitled to, you know, like I said, it has to come from inward. And I want to reverberate, you know, like, and if I'm making sure that the respect is here, you know, it's like the olive branch alone from my arm, like, here's what it is. And this is where we're going to go. Me and my best friend do that often because I like to respect her space, especially because that's just something she's very, about like she's mm. somebody who's just that a person that way like you have to respect her space you know and it is important to her it's important to me as her friend so even though I love her to death and I know that a hug may be a guarantee we always do like a facial check-in or like a like is today a hug day like you know like mm. and I like that you know because it is different every day Mm. that's my bet that's like she might come over tonight you know what I'm saying and then we'll have that check-in you know in that situation you know like I'm somebody who likes to meet people with it yet mm. whether you the help desk get Ripley or you my sister like I'm gonna meet you where you at on that day in that moment and even that is living in the moment going back to the real question because mm. like, I don't know who said it I think it was one of my professors from Pace who said Give 100% of what you have that day. Yes. And that was so resonant for me because it was like, all right, even that 100 based on the fact that the day is different can be different. And as long as you just try to rise above, you'll be all right, you know? And it's not easy. You don't got to rise high. You just got to rise above, Mm. below. You know, you don't got to rise high. You just got to rise above. And I think that's where there are people who I don't know if they've had misconceptions in my adulthood. But in high school, it was like, is everything really just happy for you? I'm like, no, I'm just not in the, you know, barracks. Like, I'm just Mm. I'm cooling, you know, today or tomorrow. I'm just exuberant more than yesterday in a sense. But I don't like to wallow. 
I like to make something out of what is the situation and see where we can create. I'm like, you know, an artist in that way. I'm like, Mm -hmm. where's the pain and how can we prosper? I'm smiling because I have always seen you. I mean, you're saying the words, but I've always felt what you're telling me to be true. I'm really fascinated about so many things that you just said. One is at your age to be so, A, to be able to articulate it so well, but beyond the articulation part, to be able to, as you just demonstrated with, as you described with your friend, you know, that it, that, you know, it's contextualized, right? I mean, I am such a proponent of that. So you're, you're talking my language. It's how did you get so specific in that, in that I understand respect is a value. I understand disarming people so that, I mean, a little bit of that is it makes it better for us too, right? We don't want to live that way. Therefore, if we disarm the other guy, then we can all have a good time. How did you come to that, to the being able to, to read and understand and, you know, sort of chat channel those values that you've learned of respect and, and all of that. I'm so curious, like, how did you. I'll thank you. I appreciate it so much, especially because, you know, I look up to you so much. So thank you. It always like, you don't know, this is making my day, but truly like one, I can't take all the credit because I just thought about one of my other best friends who did something that I can never forget her and her partner before, like a while back, they wrote each other a full set. I'm talking pages typed, Mm. like at least 10 pages of care instructions numbered on how to care for each other and what they needed as a person, as a partner, as a worker, as a, when they're bad up, down, and I remember like reading portions of it or like just the idea of it that these two people in this relationship, whether intimate, platonic, just a base relationship, took the time to take the care to do something. It was like beyond setting boundaries. It was like something I was like, whoa. Like, and since then, I have never, like, I don't even know if I tell her that enough, but since then, that has not left my head, left my mind, and base level relationships. No, I'm not giving typed up instructions to every person I meet, but I have my own in my head, and I verbalize the ones that are the bullet highlighted ones just on a regular level, even if it's through energy, you know? and. Yeah. The second portion of that is all my life, especially when I was really early enough to realize it, I didn't understand and then didn't like how I saw that we as people really, when things got bad, we really just waited until they just got worse. Mm. So for me, in a sense, I was stemming from that negative end of the spectrum to get crossed over to the positive because like I always stem from it's possible to go this way or that way. And that's just the life part of me, but also I'm a math guy. So Mm. I'm somebody who's positive, I'm negative. And yeah, you can look at that as science, but really in math, it's really just graphed. It's really Mm. just on a scale. It's on a number. You can go that way. You can go this way. And with me, I like to look at it and have been looking at the negative since like, let me not let this go disarray. 
we can water things. We don't let the plants die. We don't have to, you know? So I like to position a relationship for success. Mm. I like to make sure that it's honest. And I remember the first relationship I was in, I was telling, I was telling him, I was like, you know, remember that you like me when you don't. Mm, Remember that you really enjoy these things when you don't. And I'm going to try my, you know, will to do the same because I found out in this world as people, we tend to like to hate people for the things we once loved and loved, liked them for. Mm. And in relationships with care instructions, like specifically remembering some of those, I was like, all right, these are things that literally based on how you feel that day, do you want to care about them? And it was one of those things that I saw about the spectrum of you can go either way. And if you just decide to go above, you don't got to go high, just go a little bit above, even if you're on the negative scale, you at least moving more to a good ground in a sense. Mm. And for me, that started to become easy because it just became about above 100% that day, not trying to stretch out that 100 for a whole month or for Mm. a week, you know, or for a short period of time. Like it was just something that became transactional because one, it was starting inward and self-care is my number one topic. You can't bring yourself to the table if you ain't good. So it got to start within. And I always wake up every day. I stretch my body. And I mean, that literally, I know, you know, you can relate to that. And giving yourself that love is what I feel has made me seen in that light, because it truly does start in me. And if everybody knew how much I have worked on myself, it is something that is not easy every day. And it is not just physical. It's not just mental. It's not even just any word you can really describe it because what are we really living here? You know, what are we doing? But at least I know Byron is here. And while he is, I'm going to make sure he's good. And that means the forces coming toward me I want them good too. So I'm going to water those relationships. I'm going to give them care instructions. I'm going to make sure that we know that we got to be honest and just remember that you liked me before you don't because Mm -hmm. I'm the same person. I'm just layered. And that's me. Yeah. There's so much to that. I love that. You know, I really believe that the, the things that are quote unquote negative um, or or less than desirable or whatever, or that tr- that trigger us. I, I find those to be phenomenally exciting because mm-hmm. <laughs> because there's there's much to be gained from it. You can run from it, but it's still going to be there, right? It's going to be chasing you. Or you can turn around and look at it and go, why do I feel this way? I, and acknowledge and validate that I don't like feeling this way. And that's okay that I don't like feeling this way. And then you move beyond that and you open up your lens and go, okay. Rather than just going, don't feel this way, Lisa. 
you're not helping the, you know, the, the voices, but rather just going, gosh, getting curious. Yeah. And, and, you know, you add some curiosity, the mix of these negative moments or these negative, whatever thoughts, whatever they might be that we, that we define as negative and call them signposts for learning, for, you know, exploring maybe a new value that's emerging in you or one that's been crossed or one that's not being honored. Um, they're not things that are out to get us. And what we tend to do is go, that's how, that's how toxic positivity, I think, has been born because you know, the, they sort of, it's sort of implied that we need to just get away from all the bad stuff. Mm-hmm. There's good and there's bad, there's black and there's white. I mean, this is a binary thinking. It's, 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 you know, it's, it's the disease of all. Right. Mm-hmm. And as you described so beautifully, there are many layers of us, some that you prefer perhaps in this particular context, like maybe you like it better when I do an upbeat thing in a class than cause you're feeling more upbeat. Or, and I'm so curious to know, does, what do you think of that? And like, what, are there moments maybe where you feel like you could dig in deeper there than to default to your, cause you have an ability as I do, as, as many of us do to, you know, to shift, we can shift ourselves, right? We can, we can draw awareness and then shift or shift in the room or whatever. What would be different if you sat in it? Yeah. I definitely think that we need to allow more negative space and our world so that we can have a balance of all of this and not try to shun so like we pick and choose so that is like the one part that is balanced off in the world that the positivity is so toxic because there are bad awful things going on but then when you have people just sharing a negative opinion and not having any support when stuff like that happens like we don't have enough of that because then we not really figuring out anything you know there's no balance and on the second part of that to answer the question is like i went and became a school teacher to gain my assertion to learn how not to be lollipops and rainbows in the classroom so that when i wanted to really start becoming a choreographer i can learn how to crack the whip Mm. and learn how to do it from my place of love and from that experience I learned that I do fight, but I fight with love. The pandemic alone was well beyond anything I and a person like me was ever really, ever really ready for. And I had never thought that I would be able to sit through so many health scares, so many dark moments, so many things and really find light in them by not trying to turn on the light. Mm. And letting me sweat it out, like literally detoxing and going through the thick of it and learning how you cannot try to force no fake smile. You gotta cry. You gotta thug it out. You have to fall because hope you will get up. Not hopefully. You have to fall because you gotta learn how to get up. Yep. Oh yeah. Mm. Yeah. And baby, talk about falling. It was like something that I never thought would happen. Like, wow. But I, like you said, there's so many 
so many things to be gained and there are L's in life and we do take them, Mm -hmm. but they are not losses. They are Mm -mm. lessons. Mm -mm. You know, I always say to people, we always do the best we can. We really do. I mean, I mean, there are moments, obviously, like in a classroom situation where someone like dials it in or whatever. But in general, when there's when there's something that we're doing that's important to us, and those are the things that we judge ourselves about when we when we feel like we failed, right? So I'm talking about the more serious things. We do not play to fail. Nobody does. So you're absolutely right. It's a huge spectrum of what 100% looks like in any given moment. And we have to honor that and, you know, make the goal to be 100% you or 100% me in the moment, though. Not like I need to be Lisa the way I was with my guest last week when it was, I don't know, you know, whatever, you know, like, and it's like, no, in this moment, I, all I need to do is be in this moment with you fully. Mm. I can control that, mm. you know, and and that's enough. Yeah. I don't need to be better than that. If you can just, if you can just stay in it long enough, it always gets better. Like it really does it better, you know, and, you know, again, we can get more granular with whatever the hell that means. I mean, yeah, if you have criteria of what better is, well then poor you, because you're living a very shallow life. If there's only one way to be something great, you know, you're not seeing all the other things that you never see, you know, that are there. Don't don't try to make it the same. You're not supposed to feel the same. You're not the same. Even without the pandemic, you're never the same. Mm. Like you got in a in a groove which worked for you, but now you've had the perspective to understand that oh that groove was actually a bit of a rut, mm-hmm. and I don't really like it. And I go, but you don't have to like it in the same way. You can still do it. You don't have to say, well, I'm not doing it. I'm gonna I'm gonna move. And you know, people other people are making these profound like change life changes. You know, again, binary, right? If not that, then this. Yeah. And, and for me, like my journey has always been about integration of all of me. So I feel like people are like, oh, I can't believe you're doing this like new career. I go, it's not a new career. I've essentially been doing it all my life. I'm just finding new tools to, you know, as you said at the beginning, right, to impact and to, and to, to, to do whatever it is I was meant to be, you know, to use my gifts in yeah. different ways. There's not only one way to use my gift. Exactly. I you mean- know? That's why I, my company is called Be Free. Yeah. Like it hit ahead in my life where I was like, I don't want to choose any of what I love anymore. I love to sing, dance, act, perform. And ultimately that does have a category, but in that sense, I love to do them all, you know? And that's why I call myself a Renaissance man of the performing arts and I like to just be free. And right now, there's so many opportunities for me to dance and do those things. And I used to get down on the self about the music not getting pushed out and not really hitting that ground running. But I'm also realizing that I've done those things in waves and segments of my life. Like I started as a dancer all my life since I was four and then started to sing. Then I was a singer for that portion of my life when I stopped dancing to sing. Then I was in theater for that portion and then college. And now I'm doing this and knowing that as long as you just go with your heart and give a little bit to what you love, it will always grow. Yeah. Oh yeah. 
and it's all there. Mm. It's all inside of you. It'll, it'll come out in different ways. Mm-hmm. You just got to be free. Yep. It's not going anywhere. It's just yeah. going to come out in a different form. And, and, you know, God bless us. It'll be beautiful. Yeah. You know, where do you see yourself? I don't know, 10 years from now. Oh, okay. So I love these questions now because I can really feel them now. Mm. 10 years from now, I'll be 35. And 35, I see myself truly being like a juggernaut in the world of entertainment. I want to be world-renowned recording artists by that time with music that really makes a statement, whether it is a deep one, a fun one, but just a point of view, you know, I'm mm. ready to start connecting and expressing, you know, and really connecting with people through that portion of my creativity and art, moving the culture with my voice in that way. Also, I really see myself digging deep into philanthropy. Mm-hmm. I grew up in nonprofit organizations, especially for the performing arts. And philanthropy is something really big for me because I started my company with the idea to be a funding tool for underprivileged communities for the performing arts. Mm. As a sole proprietor, I always saw myself giving back to like diverse performing arts communities. Mm. Yeah. So that's something in 10 years that I see myself taking be free to the foundation level and mm. have me a group of people who are passionate and really helping out our future leaders of tomorrow. And it does not mean just adolescent. That means future leaders of mm-hmm. tomorrow. So, you know, people who are here to make light out of love and make it lit, you know? Yeah. And the last thing, I see my family really growing. A lot of people in my family have been getting into self-business lately. Mm. So I've been really excited about seeing everybody just like starting to grow. And I'm like, we need to start having family meetings about business and things. Love like it. we're doing a great job singularly. And if we start to put the pot together and put our heads together, we could become the new Jacksons. Because yeah. they're all literally they're the Jacksons, actually. I'm the only Freeman. I have my dad's last name. Love it. Their last names is Jackson. So Hilarious. with the help of me doing all the entertainment stuff, I'm gonna make sure that me and my family are doing what we need to do to make the world a better place. That's awesome. What's something you don't want people to know about you? Mm. I don't want people to know that I procrastinate as much as I do. Because <laughs> people see the stuff and they're like, oh, that was so good. I'm like, girl, I just did that last night. And I had been putting it off and I've been waiting about it and I need to be more active. And I appreciate people's compliments and view that I'm so consistent and that I'm, you know, this, that, and the third. But if only they knew that I take my, I take the time that I want when I take it out. Talk about be free. I'd be procrastinating and I'd be like, no, like I don't want, like my bosses and then the no, but I also know that 
especially now that I'm older, it's something that I I don't see it as a problem, especially because it works for me and I take the when I'm doing it, I also am not frivolous. Yeah. Though the procrastination is there, two things are true at once. And the second truth is that when I do get involved, I'm in it. Yeah. So that's why I do think that it does still come out well and looks good. And people can say, oh, it looks so good. You're so consistent. I'm like, girl. I love it. Well, <laughs> it's a spectrum too, right? Like, A, you get shit done. So you're not saying I don't do stuff. You do stuff. You're talking about the way. And, you know it's all about the way we do things, right? It's all about being, but there's no one way of being, as we've been saying, there are layers. Mm -hmm. So I, I love that you recognize, and I recognized it right away too. You said it, I was thinking it, um, said, but it works for you, especially in those creative things, because it puts you in the moment. I mean, that's where you shine. You So procrastination on certain things, like producing a video like that, probably actually work in your favor. It's probably, you know, your ally in your brain going, eh, just wait, 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 wait. And then, like you said, then you're in it and you do it. It probably gives you a little hype and you go. But now that I have bills, I'm like, okay, you know. Yeah, yeah. no, for sure. But you, you'll know, you know, I, I, you know, I would be willing to wager that you don't, or, or certainly won't, if, if you do it, you're going to find out quick that you can't and you won't, um, you know, on those sort of mundane, important things, you won't. <laughs> you'll get it done you'll get it done maybe with an extension you know get your taxes done i'm still getting over not being the baby i'm yeah there you go <laughs> dang it now you got to be grown up <laughs> you asked me what i'll be in 10 years still using that excuse <laughs> <laughs> oh my god all right just before we finish i'm gonna um we're gonna do rapid fire so i'm gonna say what makes you i'll say a word and you can respond any way you like. You can do it quickly if you want or not at all, whatever. Here we go. You ready? What makes you hungry? Mm. Ooh, I could go for some stir fry right now. What makes you sad? The state of America and the world. What inspires you? People. What frustrates you? People. <laughs> <laughs> what makes you laugh? Um, <laughs> RuPaul's Drag Race. Mm. It is hilarious to me. I love it. What makes you angry? Pain. Mm. And not being able to do what I love. I recently got COVID in December and feeling like my body hasn't been the same since. Mm. I've had weird muscle tension, weird pain, haven't really danced as much as I would love. And that is very, it makes me very angry. Pain, pain really does make me angry. Physical pain, I'll say. Yeah. And finally, um, what makes you grateful? Mm. Mm, the, my mom, the world, the world literally makes me grateful. I'm just here living in it. Yeah. And so many things make me grateful. 
my new opportunity at Gucci, being the new first Gucci choreographer makes me more grateful than ever. What does that mean? You got to tell us, what does that mean? Because I'm sure my guests will be oh curious. Oh my God, I know we've been cliffhanging on that the yeah. whole time. So funny enough about gratitude in the world, it came out of a time when I was like, what the heck? Like, what are you talking about? Because it was the same week I had COVID mm. that they emailed me. And the email was from one of their HR workers. And it was about teaching a dance class for their HR department, wanting to get this health and wellness started. And it was a from a client who used to take my dance class in the city before the pandemic, who never told me she worked at Gucci, nothing like that. So I was like, what? Okay, I'll teach a private, like, let's do it. So we set that up and everything got settled. And when I got to the private, what turned all of this around was that I'm there teaching. And then one of the ladies came up to me and told me that it was fashion week. That's also the context. Mm -hmm. It was fashion week. This was February. The president of Gucci came to the private. She ended up being in town because it was the fashion week and she wanted to come. And it was like, wait, y'all are dancing. Y'all ain't doing this without me. And wanted, I found out that she initially wanted to make time to do a private with me beforehand to learn the dance that I would be teaching them so that she could be prepared and everything. So that was already something beyond me. That's funny. She showed up, had a great time. The very next day, Lisa, I was at physical therapy and I'm on the elliptical starting my session. I get a call from my contact who've been talking to me and was like, we had so much fun last night. The president has been top, like talking nonstop about you in the class. We're having a cocktail party at the end of fashion week tonight. And we wanted to know last minute if we could flash mob the dance you taught us. And if you'd be willing to come perform it with us. Oh, she said, I don't know if you can make it. It's tonight at the top of the World Trade Center for the entire Gucci staff. And we're just flash mobbing it last minute. We're not even telling the employees like we literally are asking you to come. And when I found out that they had a plan in mind, they told me when I like got off the phone, they went and grabbed all of the things they could to figure out how they could make it a planned surprise employee on the spot. Wow. And I was like, so flabbergasted. And that's the video you see when I'm just standing there and she has the mic and she's introducing. She never said she would do anything like that. The president told me beforehand that my, you know, I'm a performer. I was like, you asked me to perform. I'm there to go set. My performance instructions were come next to me when I get the mic, be ready. We're going to surprise them. I'll just show you off. Tell them who you are. Boom, boom, boom. She hired me and said all of that stuff and was like, welcome to the family and all these things. I'm like, excuse me? Huh? And then to make a story more Cinderella, when they found out that I had my LLC, which I literally paid for and got issued 
full service by the private they paid me for. So look how God works. Yeah. I had the last bit of money settled, budgeted. When I got the private in my email, I was fortunate enough to get my LLC fully serviced. So when they found out, they said, you got your business done. Okay. We don't want to hire you as a dance instructor for Gucci. We would like to offer you a partner and match you with your company and bring you on as the very first choreographer, starting with the corporate classes and working our way out. Wow. And I was like, Niagara Falls. So I got my LLC February 23rd, my first client, April 1st. Wow. Gucci. That's the way you do that. That's the way you do it. <laughs> I'm more grateful. Oh, I'm that's thank you for sharing that. Oh my gosh, what a beautiful and I saw the video, but I, I love now I have the context. Oh my god, that's amazing. Wild. It's wild. I'm so excited to see where that'll take you. Yeah. Still so new. It's one of those things where now I get to really use everything I've learned from you yeah. all and colleagues and yeah. professors I've loved. And like, literally that's what Be Free is. It's me as a young artist taking me from my experience and going on from that day forward. Yeah. And like I always say to my family and friends, if I'm Gucci, we Gucci. Okay. Mm-hmm. Cause I couldn't be here without all of y'all that I love. And I mean that with every ounce of me truly. Amazing. Congratulations. I'm so happy. Thank you so much. Oh my gosh. Byron, it has been such, such a joy speaking with you today. I mean it. Ah, I can't, I have to dance with you. Yes. And this and talking and just catching up uh, and I want to continue ordering that. So yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. I've been speaking today with Byron Freeman. Thanks for listening, everyone. Stay safe and healthy and remember to live in the moment and be free. That's right. (laughs) In music, stop time is that beautiful moment where the band is suspended in rhythmic unison, supporting the soloist to express their individuality. In the moment, I encourage you to take that time and create your own rhythm. Until next time, I'm Lisa Hopkins. Thanks for listening.